Anthony Richardson is the talk of the town when it comes to Colts coverage, but we've got a national analyst with us today that can't get enough of him either. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody. I am Jake Arthur of HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today, we're going to be talking about the logjam that is the AFC South and how the Colts have some important games coming up over there. Uh, We'll talk about reintroducing Jonathan Taylor into the backfield with Zach Moss, who's been doing really well, and Anthony Richardson, who is back and has his own role there as well. But first, a very special guest with us today. It is Matt Waldman, everybody. Uh, He's of footballguys.com and the mastermind behind the rookie scouting profile. Uh, That's mattwaldmanrsp.com. He's a guy who's been making me smarter for years with his content. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jake. It's a pleasure, and it's always fun to get a chance to talk about a, a really talented young quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, he's missed a lot of time so far. He's, he's had some injuries. The concussion cost him most of the previous you know, week or two, but we saw him on Sunday, his first full game. And, man, I mean, it, you have to look beyond the box score on that one because 11 to 25 looks ugly. But you you look at the film, you know, you look at everything there. He was throwing some darts out there. And it looks like you've come away pretty impressed from what you've seen. I have. And I, I never really worry about the box score when I scout quarterbacks. It's, a, it's probably one of the greatest misnomers in the areas where maybe current or former scouts can be way behind in terms of process. It's better to chart players and really chart players based on whether the throws are pinpoint based on where the ball should be placed given the route in the defense or um, whether it's catchable accuracy, meaning that the receiver may have to go up and win it and do something beyond where what the route demands. And then, you know, of course, balls that are just in plain and accurate. And when you look at a lot of the decisions that Anthony Richardson's made, I mean, again, against the Jaguars, he had nearly a 65% completion percentage. So am I going to really worry about a 40% game where you've got a lot of pressure in your face and you're, you know, and you're dealing with some plays where maybe they were close calls or, you know, players drop some passes, you know, that would have made a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. What you're looking for is, is he reading the field? Well, are the, is the offense putting him in position to make decisions that are worthwhile for him at this his level of growth? I know a lot of people like to say that he's raw. And I've always battled against that because raw is kind of like a quarterback who doesn't know how to throw a football, doesn't have the footwork necessary to get in and out of, you know, get into drops and get into their, um, you know, their setup doesn't have strong enough mechanics to play at the pro level and really just doesn't even understand of where to where to place a football. And and really that's kind of like a musician who's got a great ear, who can has a great memory, has a great sound, awesome rhythm, 
and then saying they're raw because they just haven't played, haven't had the experience to play with maybe a country and Western group because they mostly played R&B, you hmm. know, or they've played blues and R&B, but now they're asking to play, you know, a pop act where maybe the solos that they take are like eight seconds long as opposed to like, you know, several choruses. So calling Anthony Richardson raw is just really a gross under, you know, kind of mischaracterization of mm -hmm. all the skills we're seeing. I mean, the smooth drops, the ability to move around, maneuver the pocket and maintain a throwing position to be able to make really nice throws that throw up the seam to, to Josh Downs, you know, it, you know, was beautiful. I mean, that's yeah. the type of throw that when you've got your, you know, when your defender has his back to you and you see that up the seam and it's perfect against the two high safeties that were there because you split those guys. When you see two high safeties at either hash, you, the first place you're going to look is you split those. So, you know, does he sometimes have a lot of schemed up opportunities with RPOs or maybe plays that are really designed to flood the defense on one side and get one guy open on the other crossing in the opposite direction? Sure, but so do a lot of quarterbacks, and they're all going to have scheme plays, but there are a lot of matchup plays or difficult plays that he made that I don't know if anyone else can make. That Aaron Donald, you know, that throw with to to Alec Pierce yeah. with Anthony, you know, with Aaron Donald basically wrapping him and him somehow still being able to get his arm in full motion while he's throwing a jump pass with that guy wrapped around him and be accurate. Yeah. I mean, that's an alien type of throw. You don't, you know, and there were two really alien type of quarterbacks in, in different ways on that field on Sunday. If you just like good quarterbacking and watching it from the standpoint of a guy who's super refined now, who used to be considered a little bit, you know, leaning on his athletic ability and tough, but like still had, you know, saw it, throw it type of things. Matthew Stafford was that guy. I mean, he's he's become a far more refined player over the, his years. But if you don't think Anthony Richardson can't emerge and become a Matthew Stafford-like player with better athletic ability, then, you know, you might want to go back and watch some more of his Florida tape and go watch some more of what you've seen early on with the Colts because he he's a smart cat who understands you know who understands football he just needs to see more of the types of coverages and disguises that most quarterbacks don't get to see you, you know he's just getting he, you know he's going to prove people who saw him as like a project that they haven't really watched the right things Right. And that's really encouraging, isn't it? Because for, you know, battling against the raw thing, you can say inexperienced uh, because, I mean, he did have just have the, the one season at Florida. So a lot of people thinking he was raw and like a total project have probably been really taken aback by some of the nuances in his game as a passer. Like you knew he'd be able to do Cam Newton type stuff as a runner. But is he more advanced in terms of the mental side as a passer than you expected? Um, no, because I actually, one of the guys that I get to provide scouting reports to is a gentleman by the name of Will Hewlett and Will Hewlett is a quarterback coach. Who's pretty well known in NFL circles. He helped pre-draft coach Brock Purdy. And he also worked with Anthony Richardson pre-draft prior to that. 
And so when I did my early scouting reports, one of the things that I noticed right away was an unbelievable command of the pocket. And one of the things that you need to be able to do is win from the pocket, no matter how athletic you are. He moves with his feet under him and he can sidestep, climb, flush, spin, roll. He can do all different combinations of those things. But on top of that, he can manipulate middle of the field coverage. He's shown it repeatedly at Florida. You can go to my site, mattwaldmanrsp.com, type in Anthony Richardson in the search bar, and you're going to see plays I show at Florida on video or my YouTube channel, Matt Waldman's RSP Film Room. And you'll see where I show you that he's far more advanced at being able to manipulate defenders where he can be moving and manipulate a linebacker or a safety or a flat defender, or even a boundary defender with where he, he knows where he wants to go. He holds a defender in place while he's moving away from 300 pound linemen and then being able to throw a ball where he fits it into a window that is Stafford esque. I mean, and there's lots of plays like that. The difference is that people get thing because maybe the way the opposing defense disguised cover two, he wasn't familiar with, or he forgot a rule with cover two because he's only seen it, you know, maybe half the time that CJ Stroud has seen it in his playing career, um, you know, at the college level. That's inexperience. That's not a lack of skill. You know, and so when you look at when you look at a player who can manipulate middle of the field defenders, who can do it while it's on the move and do it efficiently and get in a position to place the ball only where the receiver should be able to make the play, that's advanced quarterbacking. That's not stuff Jordan Love or Zach Wilson or Drew Locke or Mitchell Trubisky. Or, you know, I could name Desmond Ritter, a number of players who got touted as first-round picks could do and still couldn't do it, still can't do it a lot of the time. So, yeah, he is – his issue is, you know, things like if you watch you're in the same division, you watch the Bills and the the Dolphins. The Bills baited Tua Tonga-Vailoa all game with little looks where they'd have a safety plane high – and a, a linebacker in a certain position, and they would have the safety open up his chest to the inside to make Tungvaloa believe that he was going to have an open route outside. Only late pre, you know, or early post snap, Tungvaloa not to even look back to just verify that, and the safety come downhill and just basically stuff a short pass that he threw to the receiver on that side, limiting it to a two-yard gain. Things like that happen all day Sunday. And Tungvaloa has been in the league and considered one of the emerging stars at quarterback. So the fact that, you know, if we're expecting Anthony Richardson to know that stuff, then yeah, he's raw. But then so is pretty much everybody not named Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, maybe to some extent Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford, you know, in this league. So the, his trajectory is high. We've talked about, you mentioned, you know, he could be a, a Matthew Stafford-esque type player with, with more uh, athleticism. When you're watching him, what are the things where you're like, oh man, if he can just, if he can just start doing this, like what, what are his areas for improvement that you think he needs to really keep climbing and getting better? I think most of it is conceptual where, you know, the, the, the big thing that we don't understand about, 
evaluating quarterbacks once they get to the NFL is that the first four to six games, NFL defenses aren't really spending a lot of time on the player's tape to the level of providing a book on them. Scouts, you know, that I know who played in the league, worked in the league, you know, verify that a lot. Um, because what happens is that defenses aren't going to go out of their way to build a game plan against the guy based on college tape when you're projecting how complex defenses can be in terms of different hybrid looks of zone zone man mix-ups where you have maybe one side playing zone, the other side playing man, or certain levels playing zone man, and then how defenses disguise it like we just talked about. So the first four to six games, teams are basically playing their scheme they may try to make some second half adjustments, which again are one or two things at most. Mm-hmm. And then they compile a scouting report. And after about six to eight weeks, they start developing the beginnings of maybe an introductory chapter on the book on Anthony Richardson. And you see this with all the quarterbacks I mentioned who haven't worked out very well, who started pretty strong. Baker Mayfield could be one of those guys too. And people were touting them. And then what happens is these teams say, you know what? We don't think this guy throws well to his left. We don't think this guy is going to um, check back to the safety when the safety opens up in this direction. Let's try these two things this week. And then the next week, a team looks at that that game and says, I, we were thinking those two things as well. Let's add this to it. And then by you know weeks 8 through 16 or the first 8 to 16 games, that's when quarterbacks usually start getting things thrown at them that are like, beyond just proving that you look like the guy you saw in college. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it's weeks really 16 through 30 where they have to show some growth. And so that's why you'll often hear national media talk about a player regressing when really all that was, was no, now the NFL's saying, let's, let's actually play the real game of how we're going to game plan against you. Now that we've seen some stuff on you and it takes a little bit of time because an opposing defense isn't going to say, let's throw the whole kitchen sink of things we think might that we think Anthony Richardson might not be able to do. Cause if you do that and you're wrong, you're going to get blown out. Um, <laughs> so, so you have to kind of do it incrementally. So the things that I would anticipate for Richardson with that in context is that how does he handle certain disguised looks? How's he going to handle getting more opportunities to have full field reads um, and less schemed up plays and more like man on man, you know, man to man coverage looks and facing those where there's maybe a mix of man and some zone and being able to kind of suss that out pre-snap and make changes to that um, as opposed to just latent halves where they, they run, you know, four verticals, you you know, and that everybody kind of eat, you look good doing that if you got the arm and the movement. How is he going to do um, in situations where he's going to have different types of trickier blitzes coming his way, different types of fire zone blitzes or different things that they can do to disguise that? So for me, it's more the conceptual side of the game of how quickly he's going to ramp up to adjust. Yes, there's some footwork stuff with throwing the ball where maybe he's trying to fire balls in where he's got people in his lap and the ball sails because he can't get his, you know, he can't get his body over the throw and certain situations where maybe he needs to learn not to be a hero and lay off some of those situations. But, you know, he's had two fumbles and an interception and basically two and a half games. 
I would say that's not awful considering how much they're asking him to run the ball because mm. everybody in the NFL, you know, in college, you have three or four guys on a defense who can locate the ball and slap it out and do a great job of being able to do that from a variety of angles. In the NFL, it's all but three or four defenders who pretty much have that skill. So you're expecting a guy who's going to have design runs. He's going to fumble a few times, probably, you know, maybe even four to six times in the first eight games if you're going to run him as much as you're asking him to do. Um, so I already see, we've already seen him do a better job of taking care of himself as a runner, um, you, you know, at, from he one slid. game to the next. He, he slid. slid. The first time. <laughs> exactly. You know, so you're seeing that. And you also have to understand, I mean, the you could say if he were Lamar Jackson throwing a jump pass into Aaron Donald, you would probably say you can't do that because you're going to get killed. Okay, now Anthony Richardson makes Aaron Donald look like an off-ball linebacker. Um, so while you don't want to see that down after down after down, you want to see him be wiser about that. At the same time, it's not like he was running; he was jump thrown into Fletcher Cox. So if we can, it, you know, there it's going to be about the maturity of decision making to save yourself for the next play, save yourself for the next series and next game. And also just learning to getting the reps and the experience versus things that you're not familiar with, because even quarterbacks who are five, seven years in the league have things thrown at them that they haven't seen before, or it was disguised in a way that they haven't seen before. He just needs more of that. He just needs to play. He needs to play more country music gigs and learn the repertoire. You know what I mean? As if that's, if that's where he's at, you know, and, and he, you know, and occasionally continue to have a coach in St. Shane Steichen who's like, you know, we know we know what kind of tunes you played there, and we're going to keep putting those in the repertoire too, so that we can win. And then we'll expand on it because we know if you get too limited, opposing defenses will figure out ways to to limit you, you know, to a degree that it doesn't help us. But right now, nah, I mean the 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 league I think is getting a chance to get a dose of what this guy can be and what he already is. And I mean, the, the look on Aaron Donald's face after that was completed, I don't think I've ever seen Aaron Donald look just like dumbstruck. And oh. he, he <laughs> literally looked awestruck and dumbstruck and trying to hide it in a way. Cause he was just stone faced. Like I, I can't believe that just happened. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Waldman. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Waldman and at MattWaldmanRSP.com. Matt, thanks again for your time, man. This was great. Jake, my pleasure. All right. That was really good stuff for Matt. Really good stuff. I know I feel validated for all the positive things I'm seeing about Richardson out there. And you guys should be too. I mean, that's a, a national analyst who does not feel so rosy about just everyone. So, I mean... Feel good about Anthony Richardson because people are taking notice. Uh, the guy seems for real. Matt had some really high praise for him. So that'll be great. We'll definitely have him back, hopefully by the bye week, maybe sooner to talk more about Richardson. I know Zach missed out on this conversation. Uh, here coming up next, we're going to talk about the Colts backfield, how Taylor fits into things with Richardson, with Zach Moss. But first, a word from our sponsors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, 
every week we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I like this one because he seems kind of like a sleeping giant. Jets running back Brees Hall has had a tough season so far with his limited usage, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six carries against the Chiefs in Week 4 is great foreshadowing for his best game of the season. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week 5, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. The Broncos' defense is falling apart against the run, especially versus faster backs. Just look back to Miami. Expect Hall to go off uh, to go off to help the Jets to try and get a much-needed road win. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you guys win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, every day or so, you know the drill with how the week goes. Coming up, we're going to have Crossover Thursday. Zach will be talking with Tyler from Locked on Titans. Uh, Tyler always a really good resource on the Titans. Uh, he's not a homer, has a lot of great energy, so that'll be a great conversation. I think they'll be able to really get to the crux of what's going to happen in this game because in the AFC South, who knows? And we're going to kind of dive into that more in segment three. But first on segment two. So, Jonathan Taylor is going to be reintroduced into the roster on Wednesday. Uh, I mean, he's still on PUP. They have the 21-day window to, to activate him. But he's going to begin practicing Wednesday. They have a walkthrough Wednesday, and then they will do a full practice Thursday and Friday. So, we'll just generally start with the biggest question, at least that I've been asked when it comes to Taylor this week. When is he going to play? Uh, so... Shane Steichen did leave the window open for Taylor to potentially play on Sunday because if he goes out there and he looks like Jonathan Taylor and he's picking up the offense well because, I mean, he does still need to learn some things about Shane Steichen's offense. He's been in the playbook and, like, the scheme and everything for all these months, but he hasn't put it into use on the field yet. Uh, But if it looks like all that's clicking really well, then there's not much reason to keep him out. Uh, But with that said... You know, there's still a matter of getting into football shape because he's got to have pads and everything on. He's got to have some contact, you know, running into the linemen and just getting wrapped up and just the things that haven't happened since last year. Because remember, he ended the year last year on IR. So it's been a really long time since he has played, uh, you know, a full contact game of football. Uh, So if he's not ready to go this week, like that's fully expected. Um, So, I mean, maybe you're looking at week six at that point. Uh, but still, small window that he plays this Sunday. I wouldn't count on it, but it's possible. Uh, when he does get out there, it sounds like uh, Steichen said they're going to rotate him in first. He's not just going to go out there and get 20, 25, 30 carries. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, so, ex- still expect Zach Moss to be the guy. It'll just probably be a thing where, you know, Zach Moss is here and Taylor's here when it comes to touches and then you know by five or six weeks into it we start getting more towards there 
so how Zach and I put it earlier in the week, we could ex expect to probably see, you know, Taylor with 18 to 20 plus touches per game, maybe Moss with eight to 10. And then you'll obviously see uh, Anthony Richardson with five to eight carries, you know, in a usual game. I don't think he's going to get 10 on a normal weekly basis like he he just did because, again, they're going to have two really solid running backs out there. Uh, but I don't think Zach Moss is just going to disappear from the offense. Uh, he's been really solid. Again, he's had seven games now as basically the guy in the Colts' backfield, and he's had at least 70 yards from scrimmage every time. And the guy is scoring. He, has, he had three touchdowns earlier. or Yeah, he's scored in his last three games. Uh, he had the two-point conversion on Sunday. He's just, I mean, he's doing really well. He's currently at 280 rushing yards, which is only 31 rushing yards behind the fifth leading rusher in the league, uh, Tony Pollard. And keep in mind that Moss was out week one. So if Moss would have played week one and had the three games under his belt, he's probably top five in the NFL in rushing yards right now. I mean, assuming he would have had at least 31 rushing yards in week one. Uh, so that can't be that can't be overstated that he's been a really big part of the offense so far. Uh, that's a guy who you don't have to worry about his effort level or anything like that. When the Colts came out in the second half, he was the first guy I noticed. I was like, OK, this dude is ready to turn this around and stop losing. Uh, he had that 20 yard run, so he'll still have a role. Uh, it's going to be a really good problem for Shane Steichen to figure out how you're going to work in. Jonathan Taylor, who's kind of an all-around runner. Zach Moss, who's your between-the-tackles, kind of power grunted out guy. And then Richardson, who's kind of like Taylor uh, in, in terms of running style as well. So that's that'll be interesting to figure out. Uh, but then Richardson is the last part of it. Again, I don't think he's going to do like a ton of rushing. I, I think he'll escape and get those four, five, six yard pickups when plays aren't there. They still will probably do some, not probably, they will still do some designed runs with him because uh, he's just an enormous X factor. And I don't, I don't want to try and hype up the run game too much because I don't want to set too high of the expectations, but how in the world are defenses going to be expected to stop a running game where Zach Moss is like the least threatening part of it, but yet he's been rock solid for ever, basically ever since he got to the Colts and started playing. So a really good problem for the Colts to have really good problem for Shane Steichen and DeAndre Smith and Jim Bob Cooter to try and figure out these guys are excited to get Taylor back out there. It, it sounds like he's going to be playing for them. Like I don't, we'll put the drama on the back shelf for now. I don't know what to expect by the end of the season, but it sounds like he's at least going to be out there playing for the Colts uh, sooner rather than later. So uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the AFC South. The Colts have a couple of really tough matchups coming up in these next couple of weeks. But first, another word from our sponsors. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Whether you have just a mountain of things to do and all you need to do in the words of Anna from Frozen is the next right thing, or you're just sitting up at night knowing you need to get to sleep, but your brain won't let you. Man, just just figure, we, we got to figure it out, don't we? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. 
and empowers you to be the best version of yourself if it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a, bre a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend again with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. All right, everyone. So the AFC South, four teams, all of them are two and two right now. Uh, the Colts are still technically in first place. And like if the playoffs started this week, they'd be AFC South champs. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into that formula. But I mean, the Colts have the most points. They're two and one in the AFC. They're two and oh on the road. So they're on top of the division. But all that can change crazily within just a few weeks here. Uh, so, of course, the Colts this week have the Titans at home. They have just next week, they're at Jacksonville. Remember, the House of Horrors, they haven't won there in forever. Uh, and then they fast forward to near the end of the season to get to their uh, the rest of their AFC South tilt. Week 13 at the Titans. And then what, to me, is already shaping up to perhaps be a huge game. Week 18, final game of the regular season at home against the Houston Texans like that game could be huge either I, like the Texans they're better than people thought I don't I don't think the Texans will be in playoff contention I think they're going to be that team that is just a thorn in everyone's side and they're competitive each week and it's probably going to wind up leading to them more of being a 500 team but I don't think they're going to be a basement dweller by any means uh, but that team's exciting I think the Colts will probably be competing for the AFC South crown. Hopefully uh, Jacksonville has got to get some things figured out. If they're going to get a multi-game lead on anyone else, uh, the Titans, I just don't think they've got enough. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be champions, at least not definitively, but I expect the Jaguars, uh, Texans, Titans and Colts. Again, I didn't mention, I didn't think the Texans were going to do that, but, Titans, Titans, Jaguars, Colts, week 18. I mean, I think we could all see that being a really, really tight race. So for the Colts to be playing those Texans week 18 at home, which has not been a cakewalk for the Colts, they're they're actually undefeated on the road versus home. Um, but man, that could be a really good game. Like we kind of got robbed of seeing Anthony Richardson be able to go nuts in that one. He had the, the two quick touchdowns. But then C.J. Stroud took over, and the Colts did ultimately win, and they won handily. But we kind of got robbed of seeing a really good Anthony Richardson-C.J. Stroud matchup. And we go to Week 18, and it's going to perhaps be pretty monumental. Like, I don't think we were anticipating the Colts being in the playoff conversation, but it's only because of their division that they are. Like, no one's got a stranglehold on it so far no one looks like they're going to it's only the first quarter of the season so again i, I realize that's like that's taking things really far ahead uh but from what we've seen so far i think with anthony richardson the colts are at least going to be competitive week in and week out there's just a, a lot to be decided soon i mean think of it if they win these next two games they're four and two uh with three division wins under their belt that's going to be huge their schedule already is not that bad this year. Um, so, again, 
putting the cart before the horse, but like postseason contention based on what the rest of the AFC South is doing doesn't seem crazy to me. That doesn't mean they're going to make some big playoff run or anything, but they could at least make it as de facto winners of the AFC South. So we'll see. Uh, but again, I mentioned coming up later this week, uh, crossover Thursday, Zach will be talking to Tyler from Locked on Titans. If you guys don't already follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter, also be sure to subscribe to YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you guys want to help us out, please be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. That is very, very helpful, helpful for us to move up the charts. And with that, we will see you all tomorrow.